stay tuned to Vinyl Community Podcasts. Large and in charge, boys. Welcome back to Vinyl Community Podcast. This is Concert Buddy bringing you the third and final question mark, just like the end of the road, question mark, uh, presentation of our KISS Roundtable. Uh, if you've been paying attention or if this is your first time, we're going to talk about KISS. I've got some real KISS aficionados on the dais today. But with that further introduction, let me introduce you to our panelists. We're going to start with Happy Kissmas himself. The God of Thunder, the War Machine, Mark Anthony K. How you doing, sir? Greetings. How are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. And then down in the, the Florida area, Florida, we've got <laughs> we've got the ringleader of the Psycho Circus is Felipe. Felipe, how you doing? Hey, Chance. How's it going? Thanks. Good. Thanks for having me. Always, always. Cool. And then rounding out the dais, we've got Fresh from MSG, and we'll get into all that. Seeing the last quotation marks show of the end of the end of the road tour we've got dylan who has nowhere to run dylan (laughs) nice deep cut choice (laughs) i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning hell yeah dude better late than never well guys if you recall started this journey i kind of started because it was really i'm being selfish i wanted to learn more about kiss from people who actually really cared really knew a lot about the band and so as a selfish pursuit Decided to put this podcast together. Now we're three installments. This is the third installment deep. And I have seen my first and I guess only Kiss show, unless you count this Avatar thing, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I got to say, first impression, had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, like like a lot of concerts I've been to before, um, I would say that there was started off hot. Started off on, you know, train was on the tracks, rocking and rolling. And then we kind of hit the middle, which I have to get you guys feedback. I think it slowed down in the middle. Maybe that was the Metamucil. The uh, the guys had to sit down for a second, rest their weary bones. A lot of solo work, a lot of Paul's uh, interesting voice, which I have a lot of questions about. And then it got a second wind and really started. And then Gene spit in the blood, which I knew about and knew that was coming, et cetera. So, so Dylan, let's just start with you because you were at the proverbial last show. Yes. What was your impression? Were there tears shed? Was there uh, merch vendors taking anything that wasn't bolted down? Tell us, <laughs> tell us about it. Um, it. Honestly, the day itself was great. I got there early. I went to the pop-up shop that was there, visited the Dress to Kill corner, got my merch before the show. Um, like we were saying before we went live, it was a, a merch scalper's paradise between all the event uh, merchandise with shirts and posters and programs and the wristbands that you got at the show and everything. I mean, it was just it's, – it's insane. It puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But show itself, it was great. Did I cry? Yes. Could have been the beard. It could have could have been the beard, <laughs> but I did cry a little bit. Was the there kid, hang on, hang on, quick question on the crying? Was there kiss branded tissues available at all the merch? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now nah, Gene will have to collect that later. Um, but <laughs> um, but no, I think it was just like the reality, like when it seeped in, like all because they were doing all the pay-per-view stuff prior to the show and everything, and I'm just like 
shit, this is really it. So of course, just thinking about it. And then once the show began, like during shout it out loud, like I was literally fist pumping, sobbing and singing. It was quite the sight. Uh Uh, But by the middle of the show, I was just like, okay, this is cool. I I can roll with this. Now, was it a standard show in the sense of this was like, like any other show on this tour? Yes, it was. Did I accept it would be that? Yes. Um, I do wish that maybe they could have at least mentioned like, you know, Bill Coin, Neil Bogart, some of the notable people that are responsible for kind of revving up the the kiss machine early in the day. Um, But honestly, I mean, it was a fantastic ass kicking show. The production is second to none. You know, Mm -hmm. they really beefed it up this final leg. And um, I left satisfied. That's that's my personal thing. I know I know that a lot of other fans can say differently, but for myself, you know, I'm easy to please. I don't set the expectations too high. It was an all-around fantastic evening. So here's my follow-up question for you, Dylan. Couple. First of all, because you went to different shows, you went to I think Palm Springs, right? You went yes, and Hollywood Bowl here. Yeah, and and so Hollywood Bowl. This is why I asked the first question. Guns N' Roses opened up at Hollywood Bowl, right? Uh, they played the a uh, couple nights before. All right, maybe okay. I had bad information. <laughs> Got to get my handlers out. Guns and Roses. <laughs> well, here, here's where I asked because when I saw them, I got to be honest, I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, this is the last tour, like, and there's some big Kiss fans out there. There's you know, like Sebastian Bach is a huge Kiss fan. Yeah, you would think just from you know within the rock world, there would have been you know our opener was. This band, and I can't, I can't even keep a straight face, Amber Wilde, which yeah. is Evan Stanley, Paul Stanley. See, Mark's already shaking his head. Uh, this is how yeah. I felt because, you know, I, 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 was, I didn't know who Amber Wilde was. I didn't even research him. I thought, well, maybe this, they got to be a great band. This is Kiss's yeah. last tour. Do they, do they got to be? Well, I would hope. I would hope. You know, I, and, and instead, we're treated to this. And again, I guess if I was Paul, I probably would have done the same thing. I don't know. But underwhelming and and these kids they're okay but it, it was just, it was just it didn't it didn't warm my it didn't warm my appetite is that who i think that's who opened up your shows too right now yeah they basically did most of the shows i think in canada uh they got crownlands opening for them which is like a yes like a rush redux kind of band which that, to see that that would have been great okay. amber Wilde, i thought was all right you know it's look it's it's paul's son it's in the family it's yeah. call it nepotism whatever i mean i think the songs aren't bad you know they they sounded pretty decent when, when i saw them at the garden they were really really good the other two shows like i i felt like i got up and left during one part of their set or whatever <laughs> just, just to tend to something, look at merch or whatever. I was like, oh, maybe whatever. that, maybe that was the, really what was going on. Is they didn't want to have a, a, an opener that could blow them away. Sure, you know, and have people. You know, you didn't want to have like Godsmack. You didn't want to have somebody just coming in hot. You know, and it was a great opportunity to send the people in droves to the merch tents, which yeah. is what happened. We 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 were deciding to let's just go and stretch our legs. And go see what the merch situation was. So maybe that maybe it was actually a deep psychological ploy by the band to not only give Evan Stanley and his band a quick rub, but then also to get people out to the merch stands to make sure to buy up all this merch. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe that's it. I, I, I saw my first show in this tour. I saw in nineteen and twenty one. Uh, it was a guy like performed. Was like painting and uh, yeah, the, the painter music was playing. Yeah. yeah. But I was doing the meet and greet. I didn't see. I didn't see his performance. 
Oh, Felipe is throwing that in. No, well, well, Felipe raised a good point because this tour has been going on since 2019. I think it yeah. started in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's been it's been a long end of the road. Now, obviously, we've got some C19 going in there. You know, we've got a couple global events that probably prolong uh, mm-hmm. how long the road was. Yeah. But, um, but Felipe, when you saw him, did you see him on this last leg, or was it just those times before COVID? I, I saw in 21 after COVID. I think they were just restarting Austin in, in Tampa again. So for the 19, they played at the arena, the uh, the, the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning Arena. Sure. The second one, they they played at the um, the fairgrounds. Yeah. And, and what and what did you think of, of the show? Was it because you've seen them several times, right? Yeah, I mean, they were great. I mean, I think that's what I expect. Guys like, you know, Kiss, the Stones, it's extremely rehearsed. There's nothing unexpected. Uh, they just deliver what people want. And then, like a Paul McCartney show, I mean, I think it's kind of the same. It's not very, <laughs> you know, very... Um, very, very vanilla? Oh, I don't want the words very, very professional, right? Okay, okay. My, fir- my first Kiss concert was uh, 1999, a Psycho Circus tour. They played in Brazil in a, in a racing track. It was a huge place. So the, the sound kind of shitty. Uh, but the, the opening band was Hamstein. You guys remember them? The German. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ramstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramstein. Yeah. Oh, they they, yeah, they yeah. opened the show. That was, that was super cool compared wow. to now. Yeah. That would have been great, especially around that time. Yeah. That was right around the new Host album. And I saw, my, I saw my family values. And it was very. There is some very interesting uh, stage performance. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yes. Go to YouTube if you want to see some uh, some phallic representation and some weird shit. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, they recorded a song on the Kiss My Ass record, right? Um, I don't know. I don't remember that. Uh, I don't think yeah. so. Unho- at least, uh, I think Unholy. It was like something similar to them, not them. That was the arts. Yeah, the arts. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's similar kind of song, yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, when was the last time you saw this band, and and, and are you, did it? What did you kind of know is probably going to be the last time you saw them? Well, let me let me first say this, okay? Because I was scheduled to see them in Toronto, okay, when they were going to come by, and they canceled because you know Paul was sitting in his hotel room with his intravenous going on there, and you know recovering. Mm. Looking like a you know decaying corpse on bed there. Paul did not look like the crypt keeper. I want to stop that rumor from getting out. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing that really annoyed me, like beyond like annoyance, was the fact that I, I wasn't going to go. Okay, I've seen Kiss so many times. I, I can recite their concert from beginning to end. When Paul does the whole, I want to come out and see you and all that stuff. Like, okay, I know I've seen this a hundred times. I know what's going to happen now. Basically, Kiss haven't changed their show since like 2009. Okay, it's been the same thing for a long time. Um, but when I heard Crownlands was going to open, I was like, oh shit. Okay, now this is this is this is a reason for me to go because I love Crownlands. I've been a big you know, the person at, like who's talking about them all the time as much as I can. Uh, they're here from from Oshawa, just down the street from where I live. Okay, they're a great band. They're a two-piece. It's unbelievable that they have a great video of themselves doing uh, like a whole concert thing in an empty club during COVID. Amazing. 
absolutely fantastic, these guys. And I thought for sure, this is why I'm going to go. And I even told my friend, I go, don't be surprised if I leave a quarter way through KISS because I'd be happy just to see Crownlands. Okay. Whoa. Because I, I, that was my reason for going. I'll be honest. I mean, look, I love KISS. I, I wouldn't wear their shirt. I wouldn't, you know, buy, have tons of their records in my collection if I didn't love them. But, you know, when they said they were going to retire, you know, I think it was time, you know, because, you know, we all know why with the, you know, with the reasons with Paul and with Gene's health starting to deteriorate a bit. And he was having some issues down the line, you know, so, you know, they gave us 50 good years and I'm happy for that. Right. That, that we got that much out of them. You know, yep. they didn't expect to go past five. Paul even said at one point he was surprised that they would have lasted five years and they did great, you know, so. I saw them back in, I think the last time I saw them, the, the last one I can clearly remember was when it, they were, they were doing, doing the tour with Motley Crue that, that I was there for that one. Uh, yep, the, the earliest tour I saw them was uh 96, the reunion tour when they started and back together as, with the original four. Mm -hmm. That that was amazing. That was easily my favorite show that I saw of them. There was so much energy in the arena. Like you thought the place was going to explode when they came out, you know, uh, it was great, but but you know when I saw the reunion, the like the, the the last show because I saw it on uh, you know on online right because I didn't go to New York for it. I was always saying before on the podcast that I know Kiss, I know they're not going to do anything different on this show, but I was secretly hoping that maybe just maybe they would bring up somebody even mention somebody, sure. you know, even I would have been happy if they verbally said, you know, thanks to Bruce and, you know, Eric Carr and these people that helped us. But if they even said something like that, I'd be happy. You know, I know some of the other people are saying, you know, maybe they'll bring up, you know, Peter, Chris, when they're doing Beth, they'll bring him up on them with the piano and send them surprise the people. I said, you know what? It's a great idea. And that's why it won't happen because Kiss are known for never doing a good idea. You know, every good idea that's ever been made, they've, they've, they've avoided it. You know, <laughs> seriously, I mean, I, that's, I, that's the thing true. on our Kiss FAQ that we talk about is that every good idea that we we thought of, we know it won't happen because it is a good idea, you know, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think in, at the end, I got, I, everybody got what they kind of expected when you're, when, if you're a diehard, especially sure. you knew that this was going to happen. Were we happy about it? No, because you know, really how hard would it have been to, to even have just done that just to get Peter to just come up and just sing something, you know, when don't, you know, it's not the drum. He doesn't have to do anything physically demanding. Just come up and do the song with Eric, you know, even do it together. Let him fake the piano. You can just sing, you know, no, but you know, I, I just, I just find it. I find it sad that that the diehards who have been with them for all this time didn't get to have something to you know hang their hat on you know yeah and, and but you know the, the thing is and this is what kiss kind of knows is that at this point of their career easily 75 percent of their audiences walk up general fans that hey i know kiss yeah i remember that song you know heaven's on fire you know a lot of the people that are in the audience and, and i've heard this so many times from even people that that have gone to see them now there was a guy that when uh, Daniel, the guy who uh, who we do the podcast with, he's in Sweden. When he saw them just now, he said he heard about a half a dozen different people saying Ace really played so great tonight. 
See, these people don't even know who the, who are in the band, you know, because they're they're not diehard fans. They're just casual people who just know Kiss because of the makeup, or just know them from back ten years ago from some. Oh, I remember Lick It Up or whatever. The diehard fans, believe it or not, I think are a small fraction of the people that go to the concerts now. And, yeah. Yeah. and that's why they can get away with doing the same show over and over again because these people don't go to every show every tour stuff like that they're just you know different percentile of people that go to see them and that's it you know yeah, yeah but that's it mike uh, sorry i was actually wondering um every time there's a sh- kids concert or whatever people's like oh but it's not ace and peter they should bring ace and peter and <laughs> ace and peter they always making those comments oh we're not there this is not real kiss Guys, it's been like 30 years those people saying that. Don't yeah. Move yeah. On and don't, you know, just, it's not going to happen. Just move on. And the, but the, and the fact is, and I mean, I don't know, I'm curious to hear Dylan's opinion on this, but the fact of the matter is, for the last 20 years or so that Tommy Thayer and Eric has been in there, like Tommy's played the shows much better than Ace ever did. I mean, when I saw yeah. them, when I saw them on the the the, uh, the the Forgotten Cities shows that they did right after the reunion in '96, there was like a Lost Cities tour. Yeah, Ace was already, uh, you know, he was off his rocker already then. Like he, when he played in Hamilton, he was pretty sloppy, and at one part of the show, he completely fell backwards on his rear end, and oh Gene God. Gene looked at him. Looked at him and started shaking his head, and the roadie started coming out. And Gene looked at the roadie and shook his head and go, "No, don't pick him up. Leave him there." And they uh, literally left him down t- until the until the lights went off, and then the roadie came up and grabbed him and put, picked him up. I mean, yikes! Honestly, Tommy has done a f- stellar job. He did a great job, f- f- you know, being the ace freely. And yeah. Eric Singer, he what can you say about Eric? He's been fantastic. I'm Dylan. What do you think? Yeah. Um, 100% I'm with you. I think both those guys, Eric and Tommy, are more than worthy of wearing the face paint. And also, they get the job done. Because if you think about the intricacies of this show, and everyone talks, oh, I would go if Ace was there, oh, this and that. They would not fucking last. Because mm-hmm. it's such yeah. an in-depth, intricate show, which maybe lends itself to why they get away with playing the same set list every night i mean my argument personally for this last gig and i mean for you guys you guys obviously know they do all those pre-show sound checks where they play the deep cuts Mm. if they can rehearse those songs for a couple hundred people why don't you polish them up even further for twenty thousand people give us got to choose give us hotter than hell throw in fucking plaster caster please i mean Mm. they were playing shock me shock me as far as i know was the stage staple I, the yeah. couple times I've seen them around the early 2010s, they were playing that song. So, I mean, that that's the one thing that kind of bothers me. It's like, you know, you know those songs so well. Why don't you just throw those in? You know, I can do without hearing maybe Do You Love Me or, you know, something. I don't yeah. know. It's that, That's my argument. But, but no, 100%. Tommy and Eric are more than worthy of wearing the face paint. And, you know, I will defend them to my dying day. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and it's an excellent point too, because of the fact that if they, if they had an issue with, you know, well, Paul's voice and, you know, maybe we would, we would have to make some separate backing tracks. We don't have to do worry about that because if Gene's going to sing it like plaster caster, then you don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? They can, Gene can pull it off, you know? I mean, l- l- don't even get me started on that Paul and Tommy thing after making love. Come on. I, I, I don't, don't <laughs> get me started on that. I know. I think it's such a waste of time. For real. Yeah. I was getting the oven mitt because, Dylan, you're getting so nuclear hot. 
because you won't be able to touch a keyboard. It's, it's so pure passion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is why being a fan of, of this extent sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Well, I got some questions, guys, because being my first show, I, I observed a lot and I, I tried to take it in from the point of, you know, first time, no judgment, just go, just go to have a good time. And I did. Like I said at the beginning, at the beginning of the show was awesome. The pyro on point. And, and I didn't go in thinking I, I, I didn't, I was hoping there may be a little bit of variation. Cause I, I'm like a lot of people. I'll look at like setlist.com or whatever, and kind of just get a feeling more so, so I can know how to beat traffic. Cause I'm an old now. So I, I need to know when I can take the bathroom breaks and I know when I can beat traffic. <laughs> just being honest. It doesn't matter if it's Metallica or whoever. So, um, is it safe to say, and, and I noticed the set list was pretty consistent everywhere. So I, you know, I was ready for that, but what, what, and, and Eric, uh, Mark, sorry, you kind of brought this up about, I was thinking about Eric playing the piano mm -hmm. and I didn't really think about it when I'm watching the show, but I found out online later <laughs> that his fingers don't exactly match. The, the <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, now it's pulling back the, the, the onion, the layers of the onion, because what other kind of chicanery was I subject to? Because there are some times where Paul was moving around and, you know, he's got the chicken arms swinging and all this. And, you know, he, he was doing this, this shaky. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. This voice that Paul has, is this has this always been it felt like shaky green or some kind of, like I, I saw one reviewer called it like a mix between a, a car salesman and like a drag queen convention because of this very interesting voice. Is that standard? Does Paul always use this really like, how's it going? Is that standard? <laughs> Guys, help me. Want to go first, Dylan? I think he was more passionate before his voice started to go a little bit. Like, I think the first time I saw them was 2004, and his stage raps were just on fire and now it's a bit more tame family friend uh family friendly mm -hmm. kind of at least to my ears at least um hell you can listen to the bootlegs of the animalized tour and you can see his vocal gymnastics at an all-time high <laughs> but yeah. yeah it seems like he he's mellowed out a bit more and it's more simplified now okay well well let's talk about the the the, the rumor because I because once I once I I kind of learned this you know the the bride of Frankenstein situation we're not even touching the keys then I did a little more research and read some of these reviews on this tour and there was a lot of calls for alleged backing vocals and and tracks and this sort of thing so I saw a quote that Doc McGee was like oh no Paul Paul's out there singing. <laughs> so, 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 so Mark, you're laughing. I mean, is 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 it, has this been standard fare for years? I mean, these guys. In fairness, these dudes are these guys are up there, right? So respect, yeah. Respect for what they do and how they do it, and and I'm not opposed to you know these. You got to dance. You got to fly on the the zip line out, and you wanted some. You want a little help in the in the backing vocals. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like once I saw the, the the fingers and the keys and Eric, like then I then I felt like somebody told me there was no Easter Bunny. So yeah, has this always been standard fare in a well, kids' Well, let's put it this way: the, the, there was a time back, and I'm sure Dylan will testify, and sure, I'm sure Philip Felipe will say as well, where Paul was singing everything live, 
And every time they did a review of the show, it's like, God, what the hell's wrong with Paul's vocals? It sounds terrible. He's so out of key and holy crap, what mm-hmm. the hell's going on? Yeah. So then they rectified it by for this tour, they, he, he's singing to tracks. There's there's mm-hmm. no way around it. He is actually singing to backing tracks. Now, sometimes at the beginning of the show, like Detroit Rock City, he might start singing live with it. But yeah. it's very clear to see after a while where they kind of like bring in the backing tracks and take him out of the mix when he starts getting a little hoarse in the voice when he's singing, you know? So, and and I mean, look, I mean, they want to get through this tour. Okay. If you would have told Paul that he's going to do 200 and some odd shows with his regular voice, I don't think he would have survived past 50 shows the way it is now. So they had to do what they had to do. Now, there, there's great videos online where they where you can see Paul coming to the microphone late and there's vocals going on. You know, there's there's, there's times when where Eric Singer screwed up a part in a Psycho Circus and they entered in too early and then all of a sudden vocals come in and they're too late and just complete, you know, derailments happening on stage. And you know, that's the that's the thing though. If you're going to be doing that, you got to make sure you're spot on every single night, right? With that stuff because you're following a click. And I mean, I have a couple of broadcasts or recordings of the show that I got through certain people where there's a, I have a monitor mix of one of the shows where you can hear right off the top. It's like Detroit Rock City, one, two. And it's not their ear monitor stuff that they're hearing. You're hearing the click. You can hear all the backing stuff too when they're, when it's coming in and the, the countings in between parts, like chorus part, one, two, three, like that, so that they know where they are so they don't get lost in the song, right? Are those the shows and, from uh, Japan? Yeah, that and yeah. there's a couple of there's a couple of other ones too in the U.S. that leaked as well. Oh wow! Right? Yeah, uh, and even like Roger Waters is a great one of him doing his show back in the 2000s where it's completely down to the notation, chorus part F sharp. You know, yeah, wow. everything. Like, I, like I was like, wow, this is like uh, unbelievable. But you know, look, he they want to get through the tour. They needed to do it. And, you know, it happens. The biggest shocker I thought that that I realized was, and, and I didn't really notice it until I watched a few times really, really more closely, is when Gene goes up for God of Thunder. Yeah. When he's when he's up there, up there, he's they're using backing tracks yeah. for him. Yeah. Because, you know, it's no secret that Gene has a complete fear of heights. Okay, right. And the, the, the fact is, it's not so much as that, but I think it's just to be safe, you know, in case something happens, he, may, he might have a misstep or something or whatever, and he might stop singing for a second. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make it seem so obvious, right? But when he's down again, he's singing, you know, yeah. there's, it, but they're using it in certain spots. But look, at, they're doing it now because look at the guys are in their 70s. They're, they're getting a bit tired and a bit, you know, worn out. So they needed yeah. to finish up the tour. And I don't think there's really yeah. too big a shame at this point for that. So I want I want to read you a quote because I did a little little homework on this one, guys. All right. And so Nikki O'Neill from Chicago Tribune attended a performance in Chicago, and this goes back to that interesting voice that Paul uses. And uh, th- th- this was quoted as, "The voice can be best described as a mix of Southern rock and roll preacher and fired up drag queen." <laughs> is that is, is that what I was hearing? Because because I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it because I've heard him do interviews. I've seen the the, the, the fitness tape he did in the eighties, but I think <laughs> I, I know what this guy sounds like. And 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 this, you know, like weird I just couldn't put it again. Not it's clearly not something new to the performance, but 
know. It, it felt a little contrived. Like Gene, you know, spitting the blood and all the, you know, uh, Tommy Thayer shooting stuff with his guitar. Like I was ready for all that. I wasn't, you know, a noob to that piece. But I wasn't ready for this voice of, you know, used car salesman and well, hired a bright man. Actually, the, the, the thing is, Paul always said that he wanted to be known as a rock and roll preacher. That's how he kind of wanted oh, to approach it. Right? Okay. So uh-huh. he was all like, you know, listen, my brothers, we're here for rock and roll. You know, like, the, like that's the no, kind of thing where no, he no. wants to, what, what he wants to do, right? And it's very clear. Early days he did it, and, and the Dylan's right too. In the 80s, it was very... Listen, all you do, 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 uh, not, nothing but cursing and swearing like crazy through there. Oh, yeah. You wow. know, I, I went and saw the nurse the other day to show her my love gun and all this stuff, you know, wow. all the kinds of like stories that he would say. But, you know, as it's gotten older and, and Dylan's right, like, you know, it, it's become much more family friendly now yeah. Yeah. because there are a lot more like multiple generations coming to these shows now at the end, especially. So I don't think there's any more stories about Paul showing his love gun to a nurse anymore. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, he, I think also it's kind of silly when you think about it. It's like, how does, how does Gene feel singing Christine 16 at 70 some odd years old when he's singing, you know, that, like, I mean, he must feel odd. I'm glad that they don't play well, that anymore. I mean, as much as it's a key track in the early period, I'm glad they don't do it. Well, yeah. may, maybe in a few years, he's going to uh, sing Going Blind, right? <laughs> <laughs> good one. Good one. That's, That's good. One. Nice That's work. Good. Hi, Mark. He's going to catch up in the age there. Yeah. 93. Yeah. <laughs> so all in all, it seems like I probably got the right experience. I got... The, uh, the formula, I got the pyro, I got all the hit, all the hits I knew. I, I don't even think there was anything off the top of my head I didn't hear. You know, I, I heard. You know, I like uh, you know War Machine a lot. Like that was the one that like because that was like the third or fourth track in. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty good. You know, and like I said, the middle of the show. You know, I, I think they are getting their their IVs. They're getting some Gatorade baths. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was a good time to just kind of like, cause my, cause my son went with me and he was fired up when, when it started, he was like, Oh yeah, it's kiss, blah, blah, blah. But he was really invested at the beginning. And then they lost him about middle of the way when they started, you know, so much, so much talking to the crowd and, and Paul doing the left yeah. first, right. Yeah, part yeah, yeah. And, and I know that's all like, <laughs> that's old carny rock and roll stuff. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, well, one thing that kind of came out of, I guess, the New York show, and, and I think I think we talked about this on the last Kiss Roundtable for VCP is with the what do we think this would have? What would happen at the end of the tour? Is there Dylan? You had brought up maybe a residency could be in the cards in Vegas, um, I guess. And I didn't see this till the night after that final MSG show, but apparently there's something avatars or something. So, so Dylan, tell us about this because. Oh, and maybe I'm confused. Is this straight holograms, or are they are they expecting to take this on the road and charge regular arena pricing to watch a cartoon? Like what's going on here? All right, so I won't. I'll give you guys some insight, and I won't spoil everything because I do plan on doing a whole video dissecting everything. Right. Um, it's essentially the same thing that ABBA is doing right now with their whole ABBA Voyage show. Same companies too. ILM, which is George Lucas's effects company yes, and House, yep. which the Orn of Abba has started. Um, so they're basically doing that. And here is my thing with the, with the holograms. You know, it's been talked about for a long time that there was the idea of a Kiss 2.0 going out, younger guys with the makeup and everything. 
personally for me, I, you know, Gene, Kiss without Gene and Paul, that's, it's a weird thing. So I think maybe they're playing it safe by going down the hologram route and having both them as well as Tommy and Eric do all the motion capture and everything. So it's still Kiss and it's going out as that. Here's my problem. And this is why I'm in the middle. It was the timing that killed it because think about it. Let's look at it at face value. They just said a new era is beginning and they gave us a sample. They gave us nothing about this is a traveling show. We're setting up camp at a venue somewhere in the United States or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They just said, here is our newest venture and this is what we're doing. I think if they, because it seems like this is being further developed. If they just waited maybe a year, two years, build up that demand and let some time pass, then then pull it off. It, it just seems like they were really quick to show that. And that's a major gut punch for those that were so emotionally invested in this evening to where it pisses off a lot of fans. And I understand why. Whereas for me, I see it as them. They're adapting to modern technology, which is great. Sure. I don't I don't know if it's going to be for me. I don't know if it's going to be for Mark or for Lee, you know, because we we live to see the guys. Yes. And Gene and Paul always make this argument that it's the personas that they'll know, not the people behind them. And that kind of sucks to hear because I don't know about you guys, but you know, I have strong emotional ties with those sure. the guys behind, you know, the makeup. So, you know, is it gonna be for generations down the line that didn't live to see them back when they were an active touring band? Sure. But I also see it as a spectacle that goes beyond the realm of a traditional rock show, and it's probably gonna be as, you know, cutting edge as it possibly could be. But but I won't know until I see it. Will I see it when it happens? Yes. And that's when I'll get more of a firm grasp on that. Well, before I, before I kick it to, to Mark and Felipe on this one, I'm just going to give my quick two cents because I'm with you, Dylan. I, I think there's nothing wrong with trying this concept out. Um, my fear is that is, is exactly like you said, the emotional connection to the people, especially Gene and Paul, I think is going to be missing. And more so, I could see this being like I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Legends. It's like this this touring. You know, they have they have some steady. Mm, yeah, basically like your Molly Parton impersonator, your Michael Jackson, uh -huh. that kind of stuff. They've got like tent poles in like Las Vegas, Branson, Missouri, <laughs> etc. I see this being the same thing. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that they can take this on a tour and play arenas. Not yeah. I don't even know theaters. Like it's just I have I think it's a it's something that I, I don't know if people will really connect with in a big way, maybe the first go around, but I, I maybe at some point this just has a permanent place in those places. I'm talking about Vegas, France, and these kind of touristy things. So, so Mark, what, what do you think about this concept? Is this, is this a continued mm -hmm. money grab while they're alive? They just want to cash in on this or what are your thoughts on this avatar situation? Well, first of all, I think Dylan's hundred percent right about the bad timing, because I remember when I was watching this and they had this thing on their, on their site, you know, they had a countdown timer and like the, the new era. And everyone's like, what the hell is going to happen? It was like, so excited you know what is it and then i remember reading this i couldn't stop laughing they it comes up they show this you know avatar thing comes up and somebody wrote in this in the chat thing what they're doing another scooby-doo movie and I, i'm like no i'm like it's an avatar thing you know because people are like what is it, is it supposed to be a comic thing or what you know i'm like okay so obviously some people 
who are not in the know of what avatars are clearly had no clue what that was going on. And even Julian told me that in within the arena that I've seen like a lot of people were scratching their heads after they saw it on the screen there. They're like, what did I just see here? Like, what is this? What does this mean? Like, you know, like the people were kind of unclear of what the avatars were going to be doing, you know, because look, not everybody's in the know about this ABBA thing that's going on. Right. So, and, and if everybody did, then maybe it might be clear. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that I, that I think people need to be aware of is that people are saying, well, this is going to totally work. Like this is all the, you know, the, some of these real diehard kiss guys, you know, they're like, this is definitely going to work. You know, look at ABBA. It's working out great for them. And I keep thinking to myself, and I told one guy too, I go, dude, you can't compare ABBA to KISS. I'm sorry. ABBA has like 10 times the audience that KISS has. They have yeah. 10 times the money that KISS have. To, for them to, 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 for the ABBA, this is nothing. And don't, didn't you even say that Bjorn's like probably one of the co-founders of the, one of the companies that started it? So, oh, of no. course, and yeah, don't forget, these guys, these guys were very smart with money. Back in the day, they were putting all of their money into stock market bonds and all kinds of stuff, and they made huge money over the years, right? And you know, the, the, they're they're smart with their money, and they know about technology, and they fund a lot of it. And you know, look, it, Paul Stanley always and Gene always seems to say that all around the world, everybody knows who Kiss is. Yeah, okay. But I think there's a lot more people who know who ABBA is than KISS does. The, the percentile is different. So if, if, if ABBA's doing great with it, that's because they're very popular. I mean, they, they turned down a billion dollars to do one show. And, to, yeah. and they also turned down a huge money to do a comeback tour. Mm. Okay. So the, the, the demand for ABBA is there. Kiss, okay, they're, they, did, they did pretty good, you know, but I don't think the numbers are going to be the same. I think that's yeah. sort of, you know, people need to keep that in mind here. Now, will it be good? I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, we've only saw, and I saw that little segment that they did afterwards with the sit down with Paul and Gene, where they were saying that, you know, it looks good, but it's not the final version of it yet. And that's another thing I think that they made a mistake with is that, why are you showing us stuff that's not complete yet? You know, yeah. because people are saying why? Paul looks a little weird in it. And why did they use chubby Jean for the <laughs> avatar? So what yeah. You know? that? Yeah. Yes. So Good. why would you show us that? Why not wait until it's actually at its peak, you know, interest performance, yeah, like, like some teasers, yeah. some little nuggets, some, um, you know, like get, get exactly what you guys are talking about. Have something that oh, yeah. kind of stirs the interest. Like, are they going back on the road again? Like, are they doing a resident? Like, what does this mean? And instead yeah. of they just shot their load, and, and Dylan, I wanted to ask you because you were, had you left the venue when they made when they showed the video at the end of the MSG show? What was your oh, first impression? So literally, like when when the band stopped, like they were on these risers, big thing of dry ice and smoke obscuring them, and then the video starts. So it was kind of one of those things. It's like, what are we witnessing? I mean, I I, I knew right then and there. It's like holy shit! Like we are seeing something brand new that is now being unveiled and then you know for a lot of people it's like what the hell is this i think i i'm I'm putting together a vlog of my travels and i even said on camera i said what the hell is this (laughs) but um but yeah i mean i i don't know like i think at the time like i was very not excited about it but i tried to to kind of give kiss some leeway on it but as time has passed i'm just like i'm taking a step back i'm like okay i see where this could be a misstep i think this was merely an exercise in taking an idea and a pursuit that they're doing and they thought that it would be perfect timing to you know wrap up an msg and then just say bam this is it where 
if they just fizzled out and just ended the show right then and there, then whatever that, that mm-hmm. would have been fine, you know, but I don't know when, when there is an announcement of something and I see it for myself, then that'll determine it. You know, I just don't know why they would show a work in progress. Yeah. What about you? Plus, Felipe? What do you think? Um, I agree. I totally agree with you guys. <clears throat> I think it was bad timing. Uh, you can, you can raise some expectations, wait, put it on the back burner. Let people not talk about you, and then you, they'll just come back out of the blue. Um, and and I think the whole idea of <clears throat> these avatars, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it might work really well, as you said, Mark, for a pop band, huge thing. You know, people go to see like DJs playing, but they're not even like playing like a, a, a yeah. band. You know, so I think in a pop scenario that works really well. I don't think like a, a hard rock. Um, more like metal, whatever you want to call it, uh, audience would be willing to, to you know, go to an arena to see that. I, I, if I can watch it on HBO someday, I'll watch. But I, I don't want to pay like 50, 100 bucks and go to an arena to watch avatars. That was exactly my thought. Like, who? what is the price point and, and how expanse do they think that this can go? Like, again, if it's like a very, like, stationary concept in like a tourist place, okay, maybe that has – kind of staying power but it, as i told somebody or uh, talking about it when i first heard about it would i pay 50 like you said 50 dollars is exactly what i'm thinking Felipe. would i pay 50 dollars to go sit in the same arena i just saw this band in to watch a scooby-doo cartoon or whatever it could be you know what i mean yeah. I'm, I'm a joke, but I, I just can't i'm not there yet i'm not saying maybe one day that doesn't i don't change in that sense but you know you go back to some of this kind of configured holograms all like remember the tupac uh, hologram yeah. Yeah. that one year that was something that had never been done before it was very interesting they did the uh roy orbison so they so they're really kind of and i understand from a longevity play they'll probably do it with the beatles once once paul and ringo are gone they'll probably do something like that so i think there's a place for it but right like literally right after you stop the end of the road tour mm-hmm. i entered a tease uh, yeah the execution yeah. i think was was I wouldn't say fatally flawed, but it was just it, it just was kind of like a, a wet wet whistle to be honest with you. Yeah, definite yeah. slap in the face because I think Paul even said on the microphone at the show he said, you know, the end of the road is the beginning of another, and I'm just like, really? Like in hindsight, I'm like, seriously? But I will bring up this one point, and uh, and then this can be the last that we discuss the avatars, and we can move move on to other stuff. I think it's the aim of the angle that they're going in with how kiss is going to do it because it seems like they're really honing in on the personas right and it seems like they're going for the more superhero kind of thing like gene has fire come like coming out of his eyes and he's breathing the wings, yeah. yeah like tommy's levitating paul's shooting lasers out of his hands like i think it's taking a little bit away from the band aspect yeah whereas with abba like yeah they did the mocap and everything but it's as if you're seeing them like back in the late 70s back when it was peak abba but from a financial standpoint and maybe this enticed kiss to go down this route from what i've seen on just bare bones just wikipedia whatever whether it's fact or you know or false near perfect attendance records two million dollars per week and whether that's ticket revenue or merchandise or whatever. So you can only imagine they just saw the dollar signs and thought, okay, this is this is our future. This is what we're going to do. Mm. Um, the, the numbers will speak for themselves when it happens. And if it's a flop, then you know what? Look, 
think of the many flops Kiss had over the years. You know what I was just reading? Oh, many. About before, you know what I was just reading about before we went on? The the monster book. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They had the balls the biggest, to show that during the interview. The biggest head scratching kiss thing I ever saw. <laughs> so for those for the uninitiated, what is that? Mark, you explain. Okay, the Kiss Monster book is this great idea that they thought they had, where it was literally the size of a coffee table, this book, okay? It literally takes two people to turn the page of this book, okay? Like, one on each side of the book, because it has to, like, be, like, turned open like this. And the the biggest insult about it was because people got excited about this book at first. But when they told them that it was multiple thousands of dollars to buy this book, like, two, three thousand dollars for a book, yeah. People are like, "Are you insane?" Like, and the the lady asked them point blank because they, they they I couldn't believe they actually had one there during the interview for the avatars. They had the book there, and Gene's <laughs> all proud of. Yes, this is a our monster book, you know. And the lady actually looked at goes, "Did you actually sell any of these books?" And he actually looked at her and was like, "Well, we yeah we saw we sold a few, you know. <laughs> like it's like yeah maybe like six maybe so maybe the most richest fans that you had bought this because I don't know I personally." Don't know anybody, okay? And we've even asked on our podcast and like all over the place. We've asked people, do you do you know do you even know anybody who owns this book? I don't know a single person who has a copy of this book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, th- this monster book is just such a bad idea, you know? Yeah, God, head scratcher, head scratcher. Well, guys, what if I told you that I had the monster book and it is glorious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, let's. We're kind of coming around third and bringing it home. Let's talk about the tour is over. The band is going to continue on in some way, shape, or form. That's still kind of taking taking shape. Let's go kind of around the horn. And, and Mark, I did a terrible job of plugging. You talked about the podcast. You are a regular on the Kiss FAQ podcast. I think I did a better job talking about last time than this time. So let's get that out of the way. But um, tell me your thoughts. Like, what is the lasting legacy of Kiss to you, Mark? Um, well, it's, it, to me, it's always been going to be the music because to, to me, that's the thing that I'm most connected to with Kiss. Um, and I'm also a big bootleg concert guy. I mean, I have a lot of their shows like, you know, 77 Largo and, you know, 76 in Houston. And yeah, there you go. And I got like, you know, Winterland and I have so many shows that they and when they had this, they recently had a huge leak of shows that came out. I made sure I grabbed those as well. You know, uh, for me, it's always been about the music. I mean, even when they had some of these ridiculous things that they tried to do that didn't work, like Kiss World back in 79, when they tried to do a traveling amusement park thing that didn't work, you know, uh, and it didn't even get off the ground, apparently, because it was so difficult to do. But to me, at the end of the day, it's always been about the music. I've always enjoyed the records. I have a pretty vast collection, just like Dylan has a vast collection of stuff. I mean, I don't know many people who own like, you know, 17, 18 copies of Kiss Alive, right? Like I, I got the pretty ridiculous amount of Why not? multiples I have. Yeah, but exactly, <laughs> you know. Would those fit in a monster <laughs> book if you put them inside? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing is that I, I've always connected that way. So, I mean, when whenever they did some other things like, you know, when they did, like, for example, the Scooby-Doo movie that they did well, a little while back, I wasn't really necessarily against it because I thought it was a good idea to kind of reel in a younger generation of people to the band at that point, right? And it helped with my with my nephew 
he was pretty young when that came out. And when when we got it for him for his birthday, he loved it. And then it kind of connected him to who Kiss was. And then there you go, right? But you know, I think the legacy of Kiss. Is going to continue. I mean, you know, the on they have an online store, and all the diehards always buy stuff off of there. I mean, me and Dylan are always waiting desperately oh, yeah. to buy the next colored vinyl that comes out. But I've always oh, yeah. had a prediction. I've always had a prediction about this that down the road, sometime, Paul and Gene are going to be secretly grooming their sons to take over this band. I think Evan's oh, going to step in. I think Nick Simmons. Yeah. Is gonna Nick can do it easy. He looks just like his father. He he's he's tall like him as well. I mean, if he if he just and he can play instruments too. He can do stuff. Same with with Evan, you know. And if they groom them properly behind the scenes, why We're not make them grooming musicians? I want to be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> why not make them the two You know, because I think people would be way more accepting if somebody named Stanley and Simmons taking over their father's position, right? I might be accepting of that. Well, Felipe, what about you? I mean, I know you you were quick when I when I mentioned that that I was doing these uh, this roundtable back months ago. You threw you you sent me that snapshot from the meet and greet. You were all in two feet. (laughs) Uh, What is the lasting legacy of Kiss to you? Um. I, I go with Mark. I think it's about the music. Um, I, I was first aware of Kiss when I was like four or five uh, when they went to Brazil in the insane shows. And it was all about the image, of course. And years later, when they're unmasked, people barely knew they're still playing. And I went to a used store and bought Killers just out of the blue. I said, I have to have this. <clears throat> I think Revenge was coming out. And I really connected to the music. And then I started buying the other records, and uh, yeah, I think it's 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 very emotional. I mean, you see a band that you grew up with now they're they're stopping, but uh, I, I I get to the, the the commercial part. I mean, they're huge. I mean, if you're the biggest thing in the world for like a few years, you gotta you gotta profit on that, of course. Yeah. So you know, I I, I don't think I would do different if I were there. So what but, you're saying, Felipe, is that the the legacy <laughs> of the band is not. Uh, the, the the restaurant the was it uh, rock and brews or yeah, yeah. fantastic <laughs> by the way yeah oh yeah I just, yeah I, first time I went to uh, LAX they have one there yes they have one at the airport that was the first time yeah. I saw it and I was like what yeah. is this and it was so mid it was it was yeah. mid, mid was being generous like it was just uh, it, it was and they actually have one in St Louis believe it or not and it yeah. is. Yeah. It is it is mid is being generous, but anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, and, uh, and and then you back in the eighties, I mean, Mark remembers you. You remember, man. All we had like were magazines and, and uh, record covers, nothing else. So yeah, the bands they acquired this huge dimension to you. I mean, you connect with them. Everything you see, what, what you anything you hear, you, yeah. you just idolize uh, bands in general, especially kids, how big they were. So to me, um, it's it's part of. My growing up uh, as part of a music background, uh, playing those records over and over and over, uh, I, I think that was that was immense to me, and that's what that's what I'm gonna keep all those afternoons, you know, putting all the, the record covers together to make like a panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was so cool, it, you know. It was the the greatest thing ever, and uh, I'm glad that they were able to to write this catchy, super catchy songs. Most of the records, some of them are kind of passable, but you know, <laughs> uh, most of it, I, I think it, it was great to me. Uh, so I'm glad that I saw them a few times. And uh, 
you know, it's just great. It's, it's, it's great uh, jazz. I'll, I'll keep the music to myself in the few moments I saw. And, I, and to be so distant being, being distant, being abroad, to have the chance to meet and greet them, it's just like out of this world. You know, to you guys, it seems like a little more mundane, but growing up abroad is just something different, for sure. So, Dylan, giving you the last word on this one. What, uh, obviously, you saw the last show. Obviously, it goes without saying, big fan. What is the last, to you, what is the lasting legacy of KISS? Um, it's I very much second what both Mark and Felipe have said. It's the music that will always retain with me. It's what drew me in. Um, but one thing that really resounds with me, especially as I got older, I feel like I took it for granted when I was younger growing up as a fan, but it means something now, is the ideology of KISS. It's believing in yourself, self-empowerment, positivity, and that is something that I always apply to everything that I pursue with both my professional pursuits as the record spinner, as well as just personally. Like With everything that I do, there's a little bit of KISS DNA in there. And it's because of my having the upbringing that I had of just growing up, you know, seeing them in concert since I was a kid. The first Kiss show I went to was 2004. I was six years old. And, you know, the first Kiss album I ever got was Love Gun when I was two. So, like, having that upbringing, you know, those were my idols and they always will be. And that's something that I can easily carry on into my my now late 20s. Yikes. Um, <laughs> But um, it's just, you know, regardless of whether if they're active or not, they're always going to be a part of my life in one form or another. You know, whether it's just going to be the record collection that I can easily enjoy and listen to at my disposal or relive, you know, watching concert footage or just, you know, anything like that. You know, in whichever medium they exist in, it's always a part of me. So something that I retain. And I always say, and this will be the last thing I say. You know, just, I mean, I, I've always, I've loved them as much as I did back when I was younger, but still that KISS fandom keeps the kid in me alive a little bit. You know, it retains that little, little bit of innocence. That's awesome. Hey, Felipe, can you hand Dylan one of those KISS uh, Kleenexes we were talking about? Do you happen to have any of those? <laughs> get, a little, get a little messy in here. Get a little messy in here. <laughs> no, good stuff, man. <laughs> well, we started this little roundtable back in the spring, like I said, where I hadn't been to a kid's concert. Now I've been to a kid's concert, so I have a, a better point of view. And I can definitely see what the, the attachment to the music, uh, to the story, to longevity. Like kind of one thing we didn't really touch on, and maybe I missed it, is you know the fact that these guys are kind of going out, air quotes, on their own terms. You know, sometimes you have – you know, sudden death or sometimes, you know, like sometimes they don't get, they kind of went on our own tour and that's, it's hard to do. And now whatever the future of these avatars, that's all to be written still. But, but I, I give them props and, and uh, I had a good time at the show and I can see, I can see what it's about. So oh, yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Well guys, again, a lot of fun. Uh, just going to thank my guest, uh, Mark Anthony K project Gemini, also the kiss FAQ podcast. Thanks for joining us, Mark. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Felipe, without his Jazz Bums attire and Jazz Bums <laughs> a lead uh, closet. Not even closet. Just I don't think a lot of people knew what a big Kiss fan you are, but now they know. Surprise, surprise. It. I love it. Surprise, surprise. Felipe, thanks for joining us. <laughs> 
and the youngest and the youngest and and some some i tell you what dylan outside of mark i mean we need we need to have an ultimate jeopardy or some kind of showdown <laughs> this kiss knowledge and and winner take all maybe you get that monster book we were talking about so dylan, oh. dylan, the record spinner thanks for joining us sir of course thank uh, you thank you guys and that was another trip around the turntable Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.